Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Hockey News Action Show presented by BetMGM McKenney Hockey. I am Mike Stevens. Sitting across me is Rachel Dory. Rachel, we have some. Uh, we have a, a full slate on Wednesday. Going to be a lot of fun. Let's count down or get people ready for five games uh, that are going to be very interesting. Let's start with Toronto and Chicago. Let's do it. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of games, but we picked kind of a few that had some some good spots. Uh, so one thing key to note, Austin Matthews uh, practiced on a regular line on Tuesday. Um, we haven't gotten full word yet if, if he's going to return, but it looks like that is probably going to be the case. Um, that's a huge boost for Toronto. Um, they looked not fantastic on Saturday night um, against Columbus. They've had a couple days off. They had a nice little gala. Chicago's without Taves. They give up more shots than almost any other team with the exception of Anaheim. Uh, so I'm I'm looking for a bounce back here, especially if they get Matthews. Chicago's without Taves. Toronto minus one and a half on this one for me. Mikey, what do you think? I think if they're getting Matthews back, this is huge. Obviously, Chicago is very, very bad. Um, and they're obviously without Jonathan Taves right now, not for trade-related reasons, uh, for health reasons with him. <laughs> um, now, now, let's talk about some shots here. Chicago obviously gives up a ton of shots. They're not a very, very good team. Um, that could potentially mean big news for some of Toronto's heavy shooters. Uh, why don't you take us through that a little bit? Yeah, so, I mean, they give up so many shots. Like, their goalies are perpetually just tired. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, obviously, with the uh, Matthews thing, that that impacts it because he is their volume shooter. Um, but William Nylander and John Tavares have been consistent shooters for Toronto this season, regardless of whether Matthews has been in the lineup or not. Um, I really like them, and it looks like Tavares is going to be the primary shooter on the lines that they had at practice on Tuesday. He's with Kerfoot and Marner, so you'd expect he's kind of the trigger guy there. And then you've got Nylander with Matthews and Bunting. Um, So if you can get Nylander at 2.5, I would take him. 3.5 is a little bit more dicey with Matthews returning, potentially. Um, But either way, Chicago's averaging giving up like 35 shots a game. So to me... um, they're all probably going to get their cookies. And on the flip side of this, Mikey, um, we don't know if Mrazek or Stauber is starting, but either way, they're <sighs> going to have probably at least 30 saves, don't you think? Uh, you know, you, you, look, they, they could potentially. They could also get chased right away. Um, we That's don't know. also like, listen, true, yeah. Yeah. Like either one, you're saying they could either have Stauber or Mrazek starting. Either one is not necessarily um, inspiring confidence here. If I was a, a betting man, I would not uh, put money on any of Chicago's goaltending, really. I just think that's maybe a place to not, uh, to not touch. But then again, like I said, I'm not a betting man. Um, you want to yeah, we would focus on the, uh, on the Toronto shots because yes. I just there's going to be a lot of them. Mikey covers the team, and I'm sure you've noticed like the uptick in the Tavares Nylander shooting of late. And I think mm-hmm. that that's probably only going to continue as we get down the stretch here. Well, especially if Austin Matthews is out, I mean, that's their number one line. Um, then obviously they're going to be taking the most shots. 
Chris, you want to go to Tampa in Arizona? Let's do it. All right. So Tampa is in Arizona. You would think that, you know, uh, this would be a bit of a lopsided matchup and it probably is, but Tampa Bay on the second half of backs back with travel They're They're likely to be starting Brian Elliott and Arizona coming off a big win over Nashville. So they're kind of feeling it. Could that potentially impact the, the uh, outcome here? Yeah. So what's interesting is um, teams that are on back-to-backs are already disadvantaged, but if you actually are traveling on a back-to-back, you are even further disadvantaged. Mm -hmm. Teams really struggle to win on a back-to-back with travel. Um, This is a little bit of a different situation uh, because one team is Tampa and the other team is not Tampa. Um, But I will say Tampa's in tough, right? Because like a hard game against Colorado is in the cards and I mean, you could have an emotional letdown. It's quite possible. It happens quite often where you have got you get geared up for one opponent and then you're playing an opponent that obviously isn't as good in Arizona. There is always that chance of a letdown here. And Arizona has actually been playing half decently lately. They are coming off uh, a win versus Nashville. They were the better team. Uh, Karel Vimelka was absolutely fantastic, though. Um, 29 saves. Uh, only give up two goals. Like he was really good. Um, obviously, Arizona's without their best defenseman and Jacob Chikrin for trade related reasons, mm-hmm. uh, asset protection. Regardless of whether a trade is made or not before the game, the bodies that Arizona requires are not getting there on time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that that matters. And I do think that this is a letdown game for Tampa. Um, they might not lose, but I do think that they potentially won't be as tight defensively Arizona's actually been scoring uh, at a better clip of late so I think this is a good candidate for the over what do you think I you know you're right I think this could be I mean obviously you're, you're playing a, a team on the second half of back-to-back with travel they're likely going to be a little sloppier giving up some more stuff Rich, let's talk about shot props here uh, specifically with um, the Arizona Coyotes who actually have a couple of guys who could potentially uh, be factoring in here yeah, so Lawson Krause has really uh, come alive lately. Um, he's got five shots, and he's got four shots, and four shots, and three shots. Like, he isn't usually under three shots lately. And I think he's kind of coming into his own. I mean, he was a high draft pick, and obviously we're well past that now. But he's turned himself into quite the good middle six hockey player. And so he's a target for me, I think, against a tired Tampa Bay team. Uh, he's a big body. He's going to be able to use that strength. He'll obviously have more rest. Um, so I think he's in a good spot. Barrett Hayton and Clayton Keller have also been um, some some primary shooters for Arizona, specifically on the power play. Um, they are guys that in a transition game, which I do expect this to be, uh, can use their speed and and get some shots. And then obviously with Jacob Chikrin out of the lineup, you're going to have to have somebody on the back end that picks up that slack. And for me, it's Shane Gostas Bear. Yeah. Um, I don't believe he's going to be held out for trade related reasons, but he is a guy that when chicken was out at the beginning of the year, he was really the primary shooter. He is that top guy on the power play for them. And so I would expect that he is going to start to pick up some slack here on the shots with Jacob Chikrin being held out of the lineup. Very cool. All right. And then on the other side, you know, we have a couple hot players on Tampa who could factor in here as well. Yeah. So Brandon Hagel and Braden point, the two kind of smaller guys, They've been really good for Tampa of late. They've been winning the possession battle. They've consistently been winning the scoring chance battle. Brandon Hagel's on a bit of a heater here. I think he's got points in like seven of his last nine games or something like that. Braden Point has been really good all year. I mean, it's Braden Point at this point. Haha, <laughs> what a yeah. pun. Um, but I think that 
if you look at it, Brandon Hagel and Braden Point are guys that maybe fly under the radar a little bit because they're not Nikita Kucherov or Steven Stamkos or Victor Hedman, where uh, a team would kind of key in on them. And so there are opportunities for them that kind of open up. Hagel can speed down the wing. Arizona's defense core is not particularly mobile after Chikrin and Gostisbehere. Uh, so I think that he's in a good spot. Braden Point is kind of in that great spot on the power play where they're focused on taking away Kucherov and Stamkos. And so he's in a good spot to get some shots there. Um, so those are guys I'd look at to potentially record points because I think in a game that could potentially go over, these are guys that won't have inflated lines and are good candidates to, to put up a point or two. All right. And let's move on to the best game of the night. The one with the most uh, playoff implications, crazy stuff here. It's Colorado and Minnesota, both teams, obviously clawing and fighting their way to stay relevant in the playoff picture. Um, the, these are two teams that are both on the edge and have huge, huge expectations to make them. Um, Colorado's on the second half uh, of a back-to-back with travel here, so they're at a disadvantage. But, boy, this is going to be two two desperate teams we always like to talk about, and that could create some fireworks. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be the game of the night, don't you? Yes. Like, I mean, you're talking about two teams that have high, high high-end skill, right? You're talking about some of the most entertaining players in the game, whether it's Nathan McKinnon or Kirill Kaprizov, Miko Renton and Matt Boldy. Um, Even the depth players, for both teams are entertaining. I've really liked Joel Erickson Eck lately. Um, mm-hmm. I've really liked Alex Newhook. Like, I just think that there are so many options. Um, and this is a game where I don't necessarily think it's going to be all about the stars. I think it's going to come down to who plays um, to their strengths the best. And obviously, you're when you have this much skill, you are looking at the potential for a high-scoring game. Colorado is going to be on the second half of a back-to-back with travel. They played in Tampa, or they played in at home against Tampa on Tuesday. Um, so it's a it's a short flight from Denver to Minnesota, relatively speaking. But that is still travel. Get in late. Those are the types of things that that could potentially affect the outcome of this game. Um, but I do think that that in this situation, um, it is going to be a tight game. We're not going to see a blowout here. Um, and so for me, I, I do believe this is going to be a one-goal game because it's going to be the game of the night for me. Don't be surprised if it's a, a 4-3 or a 5-4 score. Wow. I mean, like you said, game of the night, going to be crazy. When it comes to the shots, it seems like the usual suspects are going to be leading the way here, even though you said it's going to be the uh, the death players. Still, obviously, there's a ton of star power here. Take us through some of the shot props here, Rachel. Yeah, like I think there's there's a chance that a depth player scores, but let's make no bones about it. Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, Valeri Nechushkin, Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Boldy. Those are your, your main stars. You can even throw Matt Zuccarello in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but truthfully, Joel Eriksson-Ak has been on a shooting heater of late. The guy just throws the puck at the net all the time. He gets shots through. He's being um, used in different matchups that kind of open him up a little bit. Um, I really liked his play of late, so I'd look at him at over two and a half shots. But any of those guys, like we talked about, Miko Rantanen, usually at three and a half. Um, I think that that's a good spot. Nathan McKinnon, it always seems to kind of be geared up for these games. So I'm looking for Nathan McKinnon to have at least four, if not five and six shots. Uh, Valeri Nachushkin has been really good since he's come back from injury. He's somebody where they're using him on the power play. He gets used on the penalty kill. He's an all situations guy. He usually wins his matchups. Um, and that includes the the shot matchup and so for me i like him um matt boldy and kuro kaprizov are the primary power play shooters um 
We don't know necessarily if there are going to be a ton of special teams in this, but those are guys that are really good at finding the open space, getting open, getting shots off. And when you've got Joel Erickson at kind of like I already mentioned, those are those are good spots um, for these players. And I expect this to kind of have um, a high shooting uh, game in the cards for us. And with that, like I said, I think there's going to be scoring. I would parlay Kirill Kaprizov and Nathan McKinnon to get a point each. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Take that if, if you want. Moving on to Edmonton and Detroit, a game that, you know, was played very recently. Uh, um, you know, they played on February 7th against each other, and it was one of those very odd off games uh, for, for Edmonton Stars, particularly Leon Dreisaitl. Um, meanwhile, Edmund, like these two teams, I mean, obviously they're not going completely in opposite directions, but recently, I mean, you know, Detroit had a big win versus Vancouver, whereas the Oilers just completely, you know, laid an egg against the, the Canadians. What, what can we make of this matchup here? Yeah, so Detroit um, has actually looked pretty good of late, right? They, they beat Calgary. They've beaten uh, Vancouver pretty handily. Uh, and Edmonton, uh, that performance against Montreal mm. on Sunday was quite concerning. Now, I understand Pacific Division and you're coming east and you're playing an afternoon game. That's all fine, but you can't get run out of the building the way that Edmonton did against mm-hmm. Montreal. Like that's just not acceptable if you're um an Edmonton Oiler and and I think that Detroit's kind of coming in and and they're at the stage where they're kind of surprising teams, right? People are kind of taking them a little bit lightly. You've got the Dylan Larkin distraction kind of going on. Um and and they've started to play a little bit better, more structured. There's both teams are playing in some really high-scoring games of late. Um, a lot of 5-2, 6-2, 6-3, 5-3 games. Uh, so I'm looking at the over in this one. The goaltending, um, Vili Huso has been pretty good for, for Detroit this year. Uh, Jack Campbell has been good lately for Edmonton. But the reality is, is neither team has had dependable goaltending all throughout the year mm-hmm. on a consistent basis from both goalies. And so for me, uh, you've got an what I would think is a relatively motivated Edmonton Oiler team and a team in Detroit that's, that's really found their scoring touch lately. So for me, I'm looking at this game to, to go over the number and to be uh, a pretty entertaining back and forth game. Very cool. Who, who are you taking as your, as your players to watch here? Uh, so that Dylan Larkin fella, that, that, mm-hmm. that captain in Detroit, he's got points in his last 12 of 14 games. Talk about showing your value. Um, and he's averaging four shots over the last five games. Usually his shot total numbers at two and a half or three and a half. But for me, I'm taking over on Dylan Larkin point and Dylan Larkin shots. Uh, he's played really well. He's really driving the bus for them of late. And so for me, I think he's in a good spot. Edmonton is not particularly good defensively. And so I, I look for him um, to to have a bounce back where Detroit's concerned. Um you talked about it right off the top when they mm-hmm. played February 7th, the Oilers won. It was five or six to two. And Leon Dreisaitl was minus two had yeah. no points and no shots. McDavid had three shots and one point. That is very, very rare for those guys, especially when Edmonton scored like five or six goals. Uh, they're guys I'm going to be watching. I don't expect that after the egg they laid in at, in Montreal, that that is going to be repeated. They were absolutely awful. Um, I also think that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a candidate uh, to kind of have 
a good game. Detroit just doesn't have the depth to be able to match up against Edmonton's third line. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins is getting those third line kind of matchups, even though he's playing a little bit more. He is going to get his shots in because Detroit's third line just cannot match uh, what Edmonton has from a depth perspective. And so I'm looking at a Ryan Nugent Hopkins point, whether it's on the power player at even strength, I think he's a good candidate here because of the matchup that he's going to have. Very, very cool. All right, Rachel, our final game of the day, Buffalo and Anaheim. Um, you know, Buffalo, the vibes are great over there, but they have lost uh, a bit recently. They're, they're struggling here. Anaheim obviously struggles in a- every area. This could be a bit of a chaotic game here. What do you, what do you expect? Uh, exactly that Mikey I'm expecting chaos like this is this is one of those things where it's like both teams are just very very chaotic and you just really never know what you're gonna get Edmund or sorry Anaheim gives up almost 40 shots a game that is way too many um John Gibson had over 50 saves on the weekend he had 26 saves in the first period of a game over the weekend that is too many saves like you can't you should not be hitting the over on your save count in the first period that's that's nuts um and buffalo like you said they've lost four straight uh they just lost to la and i just i think this is one of those games where you you kind of see that both teams are obviously struggling but they both play fast and loose hockey there's not a whole lot of defense being played specifically where anaheim is concerned there's in fact no defense at all being played um whereas buffalo is kind of hit and miss right they've got a bunch of young defensemen rasmus dalin owen power that are really kind of coming into their own but they're also really good offensively and so i think this is kind of a case where you've got some offensive stars in trevor zegris and um tage thompson where you could potentially have the opportunity for some chaotic fireworks here um i'm leaning towards the over in this one and Based on how Dallas Eakins operates, I don't expect John Gibson to be pulled during this game unless he gives up like mm-hmm. seven in the first period. So I am going to take over 28 and a half saves with John Gibson. He's just hit that number way too often this year for me to pass on that. All right, shot props. Let's let's hit him with it. Yeah, so Anaheim, I mean, if you're giving up 40 shots a game, that's too many. That's so way too pretty many much, shots. Yeah, that's too many. You're asking a lot of your goaltender. Um so pretty much everybody's in a good spot. Some guys that have value, Rasmus Dahlin over two and a half, Alex Tuck over two and a half. I really like Victor Olofsson uh, at two and a half shots. He's a guy that um, he's on their power play. He's been shooting the puck a little bit more lately. For the longest time, he didn't even have a shot prop available, but now he's got one. And, and he's a guy I'm definitely looking for. Um, one thing to point out, uh, Buffalo's got a really good power play. It's top eight in the league. And both teams have dreadful PKs. They cannot kill a penalty. Well, they can kill like some penalties, but not, they're not very good at it. So in that vein, uh, I'm going to take Tage Thompson to get a power play point. His point line is is too juiced now. Everyone's kind of found out the secret. Uh, But on the power play, I expect he's going to be the guy that, that drives the bus there. And I expect he is going to probably put up a power play point. I'd also take his over on shots. He's somebody that's going to be able to impose his will on the game. And and I would not be surprised if he has a couple of points at the end of this. Very cool. All right, Rachel, that brings us uh, to the end of the show here. Obviously a great slate of uh, Wednesday night hockey there. Uh, we will be back 
uh, closer to the weekend to get you set up for that and uh, and get everyone ready. Obviously, bet responsibly. Uh, and if you want to uh, do so, you know, BetMGM is a great uh, betting platform to use. Rachel, thank you so much for doing this. Always love it. And I will see you later this week.